goodness and your mercy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Times of refreshing come in the presence of God. Amen. Well, why don't you look at somebody next to you say, by the authority of God's word, you are not my problem. And you can be seated. Real quickly. We're always endeavoring to stay on some sort of schedule. And about the time I think I have a good schedule, it seems to get messed up. I mean, I'm not known for a good schedule anyway. So then I get all planned and I think I got it. And it's messed up. Praise the Lord. But we'll just let God mess up our schedule anytime he likes. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to just spend a little bit of time in the word uh, because, you know, the word, thank God for the anointing. I love the anointing. I mean, you love the anointing Amen. presence of God, but he sent his word and he healed them, restored them, right? The word gives us a place, uh, an anchor uh, to our soul and the promises of God's word. So it's the word and the spirit that work together. And so we've been talking about, uh, and we were going to wrap up today, but we might wrap up in, in, in a couple of weeks, uh, the church undeniable. And uh, really to walk in that, and certainly we had to get to this point, uh, you knew it was coming, that we're going to talk about undeniable love. The undeniable love of God, it's so empowering to us to know the love of Christ that passes human knowledge. Yet, we tend to always get stuck in the human knowledge of love, even when we're talking about the love of God. We get stuck in our limited thinking about love. But in all reality, to understand the love of Christ is what will open the floodgates of everything that He is and everything that He has for us. The floodgates of the anointing flowing through our, our life really will come through a greater knowledge and understanding of the love of God. And there's a place where in the love of God, there's a boldness, there's a humility. You know, we were praying about a year ago, praying about this, you know, God grant unto us boldness. But there's an oddity to the boldness that God wants because it's a humble boldness. They seem to be contradictory, but they're not. There's a humble boldness. Paul had that humble boldness. The only way you can have that humble boldness is to know the love of Christ. And the opposite of that is we begin to get stirred spiritually. And if we're not careful, we end up with a spiritual pride about ourselves. And right now, in the day that we live in, in the times that we live in, it's really not a good time for us as the church to develop any type of spiritual pride because God has a plan for his church and the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. And one of the greatest inroads that the enemy finds into a human heart is where pride exists. And so often it's very difficult to identify pride in our lives. If we're not careful, we begin to start comparing ourselves by ourselves, which is really just a prideful action to, you know, we, we can put it in all humility that we want, but all of a sudden we're comparing this with that, and it begins to stir an opening of pride. Well, I'm not that bad, or, or, or you know, I'm, I'm not that good, whatever it is. You know, when you just talk about how good you're not, there's a, a form, you think it's humility, but it's false humility, because our 
reference to our life isn't in whether we've done good or bad, whether we're better than somebody else or not better than somebody else, but it's in the blood of Jesus. And the love of God that was revealed to us in the love of Jesus, and when we begin to realize that there's an undeniable aspect to God's love that goes beyond human love, goes beyond that human resourcing, that human love, that human love is actually, so it's oxymoronic. It's just, it's selfish love. Jesus describes it. I do for somebody who does for me. I forgive those who forgive me. I give to those who give to me. He said that's human love. It's always based on what I get from it, not what I bring to it and I'm willing to bring to it as long as I'm going to get from it but there's a place where the love of God begins to move in our hearts that the whole idea of what am I going to get from it begins to fade away and what am I bringing to it and the joy of what I get from it is what I actually am able to bring to it because I realize that it's not what I'm bringing to it of my own strength but it's what I'm bringing to it of the grace of God and that's how Paul continually said I cannot I'm trying to tell you what's going on in the development of the church right now but I'm having such trouble telling you because I don't want it to sound like I'm boasting in myself in the accomplishments that have taken place you need to understand that it's all the grace and the love and the working of the spirit of God through me that these things take place and so we get caught in that same thing that Paul did. How do we explain what God is doing in us and through us and for us without it sounding boastful, but understanding the love of God? If we're not careful as the church, we, we look at the love of God from this perspective. Now, I'd love for that to be broken, but I don't know that it's humanly possible totally in this world. But whenever we talk about the love of God, our mind all immediately begins to stir about all the people who have not loved us well and that will lock you up immediately to the revelation of God's love because you cannot begin to wonder how many people have loved you well or not loved you well how many Christians did a good job of it or didn't do a good job of it how your bosses did a good job or didn't do a good job and actually grow in the love of God And certainly there's been suffering because we haven't understood the love of God, whether in the church or in the world, outside of it. But the answer to the revelation of the love of God will begin to cause the church to arise. It'll cause our, our, our relationship with our, our, our careers or our work and our influence that comes from that, our relationship with husband and wife, our relationship with our, our children, our relationships within the body of Christ to totally be transformed into something that is incredibly powerful, incredibly beautiful, incredibly strong, incredibly unbreakable. Because the love of God is durable. The love of God is durable. It's the most powerful force in the universe. Amen. We think love is weak and so tender and frail, and it can be, but in the midst of dealing with someone else's frailties or, or being tender, it's still the most uh, durable and powerful force in all of the universe. And that's where it can be confusing is the fact that somebody needs tenderness and we're able to give it, but then all of a sudden we're looking for tenderness in return. And if it doesn't come, now all of a sudden there's something that, that, that tweaks in our mind. The enemy comes to attack in that area of, 
of that place, but when we can realize God's doing something in us that is releasing compassion, and in that compassion, releasing power for change, and I can walk away no matter what the response to that, knowing that God's at work in them, no matter what their response. It's the power of the love of God. I don't need anything back. Because I know that God will send somebody with the love of God across my path that will then supply something where there's need in my life. So often we get tripped up, and I've been, you know, a pastor for going on 30 years now. And many times we don't even realize we're doing this. People don't realize, and certainly I have a, a, maybe a bigger scope, but they'll come in and say, nobody, nobody, nobody. But I know, I know the somebodies. I know the somebodies that have called. I know the somebodies that have prayed. I know the somebodies. But really we start to think a specific somebody or a specific somebodies didn't. But that's because we're looking for something specific. But God brought somebody across your path to love you, but it was difficult to receive because it wasn't in the package or the person And the enemy begins to work on us and all we've done. One person came one time, you know, and, and I know them very well and, and they were going through a difficult time in their life and, and transition and moving some things around and they came and said, nobody, nobody, nobody. And I knew a lot of people had surrounded them and I said, so let me just ask you a question. I said, uh, how much do you value the lives of these people? And I was able to name their names and they kind of batted their eyes. I said, you just devalued every single person that reached out to you. And they said, no, what I mean is these people haven't reached. And I said, yeah, but God sent these people and you immediately devalued by saying, nobody came to me. Which means if John came to you and you said, nobody came to me, you just said, John's nobody. We'd never do that intentionally. This is the enemy working. But when we understand the love of Christ, we begin to say, thank you, God, for this nobody. Becoming somebody to me in a moment of need rather than needing just the right person to be there. Because we'll learn something because when you go to somebody, you want to be the right somebody because you know God's leading you to them. Right? So you don't want to say, God's leading me to you, and I have something, but you don't want them 10 days later to go to somebody and say, nobody's come to me. And so we have to be careful about that. So 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Whew. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. I love this scripture. I haven't even got it wired yet. I just like to say it over and over. It's going to set in one day. I'm going to get a full, absolute revelation of this scripture. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. One of the reasons I know I'm going to get a revelation someday is because he says, Behold, behold. He, he's not saying, you know, uh, uh, 
Just glance, just read over this for a moment and glance at it. He's not saying, you know, just, just, know, just know that you know that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died on the cross for you. Just know that that happened. He said, no, you're going to have to stop, take some time, set everything else aside, and behold, what manner, what kind of love is this? What kind of love is this that took me from being a stranger, a foreigner, a sinner, an enemy of God, and took and transformed me into a child of God? What kind of love does that? What kind of love reach out, reaches out to an enemy, reaches out to an opposing force, reaches out to somebody who doesn't even care? What kind of love does that? What kind of love sends their only begotten son to the cross for all the enemies, all those who are apart, all those who have said negative things? What kind of love forgives the people that hung you on that cross? Now, I know right now this may be sounding religious to you, and you may have heard it, but when we start to behold that and allow the Spirit of God to reveal that to us and say, wow, and we begin to realize, wow, that kind of love has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit of God. That kind of love that could send me to the cross for others is in me. Now, your mind just goes, no, I'm not going to the cross for nobody. You don't have to go to the cross for nobody. You're like, Phew. But you might have to go to their front door. Right. You might have to run to the grocery store. You might have to sit and listen to them. For some people, that would be like going to the cross. But to get it down on the inside of us, you can't do a drive-by of the love of God. Can't do a drive-by of the love of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we might be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us. Come on, when you're out there and the world's like, come on, who are you guys? Don't get shook up at that. Don't let them intimidate you and pressure you. They don't know you. When, when the world tries to bring accusation against the church, right, you just have to say, what? You don't know me. You don't know me. The world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now, everybody say now. Now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we will be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope, this expectation in him purifies himself just as he is pure. He said, when you behold this manner of love, stuff starts to be worth putting off. See, a drive-by, you're like, yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden, you look at it, and you... 
Man, I see it. It's, re- it's worth putting off. It's worth putting off. So we're going to go through seven things. I'll just let you know these, and then we'll end because we're really out of time. And that's okay that we're out of time. Some of you still are receiving your healing. But I want to touch on this because you can, even in the midst of the anointing and the Spirit of God moving, I believe for us as a church, He wants to raise up something so undeniable of how we love one another. You can't deal with it humanly and you can't deal with it trying to loop what other people have done and how people have failed you or what they've said about you or how they didn't fulfill expectations at some period of time. It'll be just be impossible to loop that back. It'll be setting our feet and be holding his love and saying, everything else, and just like you've done for me, everything from this moment is something in the past. So I don't know if I can do that. I know, I know, I get it. No pressure. But the benefit of allowing the Holy Spirit to make you forgetful will cause you to see a future apart from people and wounds of your past. And the amazing thing is what you can't see about some people in your past, God will begin to show you that they were there for a reason, that He's working with them right now, and it will intersect again by the love of God to accomplish a bigger plan than you ever imagined that the enemy was thwarting back here in our immaturity, but as we grow in maturity, he brings us back together for a grand purpose. He's calling his church together again for a grand purpose. And just as we see in the end days, the last days, that Israel will be gathered together as a people into their nation, even before that, God will gather the church together, local churches back together for the plan, creating a dynamic of the body of Christ, being called together again to impact cities and states and regions and nations for the kingdom of God. Where they've been scattered by the enemy, God is calling his church together. And the dynamics of something that will be undeniable, undefeatable, the power of God. So this undeniable love is number one. We'll break it down. But this will at least give you a chance to know if you want to come back. It's a love that saved us. This love brings us to full, full, full maturity as believers. Full maturity. This is a love, number three, a love that withstands any test. A love that withstands any test. That's a long scripture right there. Number four, it's a love that increases your capacity. It's a love that increases your capacity. Some of you aren't large enough yet. 
God wants to enlarge the place of your dwelling. Number five, it's a love that empowers you to make the right decision. Love will actually empower you to make the right decision. Number six, this love, this undeniable love, releases you from the fear of judgment. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. Right now, the church, people on peripheral, the church, they got such a problem with whether they're being judged or not. But this love will release you from all that fear. Number seven, this love will reveal your transformed life. It will reveal your transformed life. And it's so undeniable that when we stop and behold it and get a revelation of it, it will change everything. It'll change everything. And like Alan said, it'll help us to not, what'd you say? Stop up the, stop the flow. Get all the debris, all the debris from stopping up the flow. Come on, I know, I know y'all. I know what you're here for. Everybody's at a different level, but everybody hungers for God and everybody hungers for a move of God. Everybody hungers for a power of the Holy Spirit. Yet not understanding the love of God can stop up the flow. Praise the Lord. So I'm excited about it. I'm not sure why exactly the Holy Spirit said, let's not do that today. But why don't you stand up to your feet? Hallelujah. Well, I do know he just displayed his love to you all. Amen. So, I just wanted to answer that before a lot of people came up and answered that question for me. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. God, we bless each and every one here right now. God, bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them, give them peace. In Jesus' name.